The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Beautiful city, yeah, right. Guards themselves won't go near Dublin city centre during the day. The Liffey Boardwalk is a no-go area, as is O'Connell Street and Grafton Street at night. That's from Justin. My heart goes out to the American tourist and to the Ukrainian actor. However, it's truly sickening that it takes these two outrages to elicit sympathy from Antishuk, the Minister for Justice and the Lord Mayor. When the citizens of Dublin, especially the young, have been the victims of shocking attacks weekend after weekend since the pandemic. But they don't seem to matter. It's all about not damaging the tourist industry or appearing in the New York Times. That's uh, from Michael in Finglas. Well, we want to talk uh, about all of that, but also about the kind of initiatives that sometimes can make the streets uh, safer. Because last week, Dublin City Council kicked off the process to close Harbour Court as a through route at the request of local businesses. Uh, This was reported in the Dublin Inquirer. It's regularly used, they say, for intravenous drug use and is littered with needles and other drug paraphernalia. Uh, that's according to a council report. And, uh, you know, it's against the background of those attacks and probably more that don't gain, garner the same publicity in Dublin city centre. I am joined by independent councillor for Cabra Glasnevin, Kieran Perry. Uh, good morning, Kieran, And by Social Democrat city councillor for Cabra Glasnevin, Kat O'Driscoll. Good morning and morning. welcome to you both. First of all, um, what's your reaction to the uh, recent much publicised attacks? I mean, the Ukrainian actor, I'm sure the OBS didn't know he was Ukrainian or whatever, they didn't care, but it it really resonates that he leaves a war-torn country, comes to pursue uh, his art by presenting a play in Dublin and gets savaged here. And then the American tourist going about his business, the same thing. Absolutely disgraceful, Pat, and uh, to send my sympathies to both of the victims and and their families. Um, again, as one of your callers has said, it's disappointing that it takes an attack on tourists and uh, people from outside the country to highlight this issue because that is an ongoing issue. Without exaggerating the dangers of Dublin, it is an ongoing issue. And the, the reputation of the city has been tarnished abroad. The reputation of the city has been tarnished within the country and also within Dublin itself. And it's, it's not new. And my fear is that this will be a storm in a teacup for a while and in a month or two, three, we'll be back talking about the same thing again unless there are serious changes made. High visibility policing is one of the solutions. It's not the only solution. It's not exclusively a policing issue, but it is primarily a policing issue. If we had high visibility policing on the streets, you wouldn't have the congregations that we currently see. That gives the perception of Dublin being extremely dangerous. It's not extremely dangerous. It is dangerous, like most capital cities, but not extremely dangerous. But the perception is that it is. And that's dissuading people from coming into the city who've lived in the city all their life. And that's something that just cannot continue. Uh, Cass, what is your take on this? Yes, I, I share Kieran's disappointment that it takes visitors to the city to be attacked before we get the Taoiseach's attention in a serious way. There's a lot of people in the city who don't feel safe on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I've really enjoyed spending time on Capel Street in recent months because it's been pedestrianised and we have an atmosphere there where people share meals on the street and there's a lovely atmosphere. Then I get my bus home from O'Connell Street and the behaviour I see around the spire, open drug dealing, violence, is it just makes me feel unsafe in the city. And ask anyone who's more vulnerable, whether they are a woman or they're an immigrant or they're somebody from the LGBT community, they haven't felt safe in the city for quite a while. 
Um, the idea of uh, high visibility uh, policing, I mean, where uh, people are injecting drugs in this harbour court uh, publicly, um, that's one thing. What happens then? You close down harbour court, presumably they just move somewhere else? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that again, that calls into question, you know, are our uh, drug services fit for purpose? Like what I refer to as the uh, drug service industry is funded by the million. Yeah, we don't have enough detox, we don't have enough rehabilitation. There seems to be a, an acceptance of both drug use and drug dealing in, in Ireland and in Dublin in particular. And that's something that I've been complaining for years. If we have the detoxification centres, at least when somebody makes that really difficult choice to come off drugs, there's somewhere for them to go. They can't, people with addiction issues, they don't have the time to wait for a place to come up. They're, they're going to make a decision there and then. And if there's no facility for them, they're, they're, they're going to go back, uh, back, back on drugs. And until we begin to recognise that and properly resource detoxification and okay. rehabilitation. Now, now, drugs in two forms. I mean, when you see the pitiful heroin addicts who are injecting and they're injecting maybe just to, to, to be halfway normal, such as their addiction. And then you see the people who are um, coked up yeah. and they're um, doing that for a buzz and it gives them high energy, it makes some of them very, very aggressive. So there's two different uh, kinds of, of drug taking going on. The the stuff that makes us feel ashamed when you see people huddled in a laneway injecting, and then you get the other people going around and they're just looking for someone to make trouble with. Absolutely. And the the, the usage now of the really high strength uh, cannabis, the weed, um, you see the gangs of youths hanging around, the, 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 the really pungent smell coming from them. That's intimidating. Like, it's intimidating for me as, a, you know, a grown man. So I can imagine what it must be like for much more vulnerable people. So, like, they'd like that there's an, an acceptance of that in yeah. all areas. Okay, so, so you're talking about uh, doing something about uh, helping those who have addiction and who, who want to get off addiction. And clearly there's an educational thing that you try to do in deprived areas where people are... Um, you know, coming from generations of addiction, perhaps generations uh, of crime. But in the meantime, you see, that takes an awful lot of time to filter through. So if you capture a generation now uh, when they're one or two or three years old and you try to give them the best and try to protect them. But in the meantime, those who haven't had that kind of care and attention are out there terrorising people. Cat. Yes, Pat, we can't forget that a lot of these very violent activities that are happening in the city centre are caused by younger men. And we've just come through a pandemic where they were lost and they weren't given the structures and the activities that keep their social life alive. We all lost out in the pandemic. But I think there's a generation of mostly young men who have been shown a toxic uh, perception of what it is like to be a man, that violence is entertaining and um, that your feelings don't matter, that to be in with the in-click, you have to be a big built-up guy and that caring for others isn't an important thing. And so when social media plays a role in this um, and the housing issues uh, have a, a massive issue in this, we're near full employment at the moment, but these people aren't in education, training or employment. Um, the question of consequences. I mean, often kids are given a, a second chance, you know, they're put into a, a diversion programme or, or something like that, even though they have done terrible things. And there are people who say it doesn't matter, um, you know, what the background is, what brought you to this point. If you do something evil, there has to be a consequence for you. What do you say to that? 
yes, there has to be consequences for criminality. At the same time, we have to look at the underlying issues. What is the poverty? What is the poor mental health that these people are experiencing that pushes them into this gang atmosphere or this antisocial atmosphere? Um, I was in a programme in London last week and we were looking at South Islington and the development that they did at the start of the millennium under the New Deal for Communities. They they built up their infrastructure. Um, but one of the first things they did was they looked at teenagers and they created a space for teenagers. They got teenagers who were in the criminal justice system to work uh, on this site where they developed a space for them. Then when they built a playground next door to that for younger children, there was very little graffiti, there was very little damage to that playground because we gave the teenagers a place to go. We're not providing those spaces in Dublin. Uh, the, the the question there is you, you take them out of what, you know, it might be the devil finding work for idle hands if you busy those hands that the devil can't... And give them ownership over their community, give them a sense of purpose that they have a space here. Kieran, uh, th- that question, can you do things like to divert their attention in some way so they stop going around looking for badness? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And again, as you mentioned and Kat has mentioned, like we're a deep, deeply unequal society. We have to recognise that this advantage has consequences, but that doesn't excuse any of the behaviour. You see, the there are people who come from disadvantaged areas who make the best for 100%. themselves. 100%. And I, yeah. uh, you know, to, to take uh, Dublin 1 or whatever and to damn it all and saying anyone who lives there is going to end up in criminality. Now, John Lonergan famously said that uh, you can look at the address of someone and predict fairly accurately whether they'll end up in Mountjoy. Yeah. He, he said that, and, and that is true for a certain cohort. But there are many decent people who look after the education of their kids, who give them ambition and aspiration, and they emerge from Dublin One and other places uh, to to become, you know, sometimes very high-earning citizens. Absolutely, and that's the important point to make. You can't damn a complete area. And regardless of disadvantage, you you can't excuse the tuggery that's happening in a small minority of cases. But Pat, again, we also have to ask about the judicial system. I I would consider that dysfunctional. There was a high profile case this very week where uh, what I would call a psychopath had 21 previous convictions. Uh, the majority for violence continued to let walk the streets until he did something absolutely appalling. We look at the the, the, the killing in the uh, IFSC and we look at the back Round of the perpetrator there arrested five times in the one day like that that just can't yeah. go on now, we've ever touched you, you know we'll be accused of, of maybe saying be, being do-gooders if you say give no kid deserves to be da- damned for one mistake absolutely but you know two mistakes do you get a third chance that that might be the 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 kind of regime we have to bring in. Yes, anyone can make a mistake. Anyone can be sucked into maybe some mob violence, and they're on the periphery of it, but they yeah. they get done for it nonetheless. Does that should that ruin a life, or do you give them, you know, the the three strikes and you're out if you're caught a, a second or third time? Sorry, Pat, I'd be reluctant to be tutorial as to how many strikes they'd get, but twenty one certainly isn't acceptable yeah. and the previous example is certainly isn't acceptable so until we tackle that dysfunctionality in the judicial system I can't see how we're going to improve significantly. Now I want to talk to another guest if you put the headphones on uh, you both have you'll be able to hear Pat Murray, former detective inspector and author of the book The Making of a Detective. Pat good morning. Morning Pat. Now the, the question of what the guards might do or can do is it simply a numbers game you just flood the place with very visible policing, or do you have maybe fewer visible police, but a lot of people undercover 
um, with the resources to, to nip things in the bud? Well, you certainly need resources, but you need an intelligence-led strategy by the guards, uh, which would involve taking in all the stakeholders that are being affected by the carry-on in in O'Connell Street and surrounding areas and how they are affected and their ideas on how things may be improved. And uh, the guards have to put in place a strategy to tackle the problems. And that has to be financed and resourced. But what is that strategy? I mean, as an experienced policeman, what is the strategy? What do you do? Look, we we did it in Dundalk under operation scale and we had a strategy that worked where we targeted uh, criminal gangs, antisocial behaviour, burglaries, all of that under the one plan. And we resourced it by putting checkpoints, by... uh, actively searching houses by stopping people, checkpoints, all of this, that and the other. And it was it proved to be extremely successful. We reduced uh, burglaries by 50%. Uh, we recovered a, a million euros worth of uh, stolen property and drugs and cash and that, the proceeds of crime. And uh, we engaged with the public who were very, very positive towards what we were doing. Uh, and we, we, we sort of kept in contact with and the stakeholders we had with the local council uh, revenue. Uh, okay, but, but uh, just talk to me about the actual tactics because, yeah. you know, Gardaí well, will tell you that uh, they don't want to intervene because there are people, they'll be surrounded by the, the OBS themselves with their 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 camera phones yeah, yeah, and yeah, they'll find yeah, themselves on social media, they'll find their badges identifying them, they'll, yeah, yeah. you know, and they'll end up before GSOC. Yeah, no, well look, at if, if the guards are going to go down with that mindset to do their job, they're on a, a losing footing for a start. They have to meet force with force and they have to go in and sort the problem. And certainly what's happening, and it's been spoken about for, the, for, for a long period of time of this open drug dealing and anti-social behaviour and thefts from shops and all assaults and all that, you know, and all that has to be tackled. And you have to put manpower on the ground in these areas but you have to have a strategy is that they have to tackle this problem. They have to go to the drug dealers. They have to arrest them, search them, whatever, and take them in. And, and eventually, uh, it, it, the impact of the Garda strategy will mean that these people will be locked up or moved on yeah. to, uh, you know, to centres that might care for them or whatever, or people who may have yeah. mental health issues or whatever. And, and, and that's why you need these people to buy in. You need the judiciary to buy in. You need the, you know, you need all of these people to have a vested interest in doing the right thing to clean up the area. And it's not about a heavy-handed tactics like our uh, bully tactics by the guards. It's going in sorting the problem. There's a crime committed or there's crime going on. Tackle it. Get there, do it, and have yeah, the man. But to is do there it. a problem with, um, if you like, the image we like to portray of our Garda uh, force, which is that of an unarmed force, uh, where uh, the, the you know this great relationship between uh, the community guard and uh, the people in the neighbourhood, and that it's all softly, softly policing rather than uh, confront uh, yobbery. No, you, uh, you, you actually talk people it. down. That's what we'd like to portray. Uh, Oh, yeah, it be always nice and nice. You have a problem, you have to tackle the problem. You have to source the problem. You have to have an intelligent strategy to tackle it and solve it and move and 
I mean, it's said that this gang of youths who are attacking, you know, publicly have attacked this American tourist who's in danger of losing an eye and has got facial and other head injuries. And Mm -hmm. we saw what happened to the Ukrainian actor. But there are probably others um, less higher profile, I suppose, that don't get this kind of publicity. Um, I mean, what does a a Garda do uh, in the the face of this? And do they know who these people are, but they simply don't have the CCTV to to nail them? Do they know who these people are? Well, I'm sure they do know who they are. And uh, O'Connell Street, of all streets, have have ample uh, CCTV footage and stuff like that to know. So I'd be very surprised if these people are not caught and identified. But what I'm saying is that the guards can't be afraid, and they're not. There's the finest of guards and finest of men and women in the guards that are well able to do a good job. They need proper management and instruction to go out and do that. And uh, they shouldn't be afraid of tackling anything. Uh, and the resources should be there to back them up. And uh, they, they say, they, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to patrol, let's say, O'Connell Street, and you're going to and surrounding there, you need, you need, let's say, your 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 facilities of paddy wagons or whatever, that if there's an incident or there's something, we need someone here, that there's 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 help there straight away with adequate manpower. Bang, these people are arrested in the back of paddy and away to go. That's it. And there's a visible presence uh, that the guards are doing their job. Now, people who are drug dealing in that will eventually guess, well, we, that's not a... Uh, a good place to do our dealings anymore. We'll they just do it somewhere else. And they, will, and, they, and they will go somewhere else. But they should be pursued. And that uh, if the problem starts somewhere else, well, the same strategy should apply there. I'm, I'm a big fan of every policing district should have their own intelligence-led policing strategy for dealing with the problems that arise in their district. And if they have that in place, it will be a far better service for the public. All right. And the Pat. public will appreciate it and they will buy in. The public will buy in, like, you know, and, and uh, uh, but the Gardaí, they have, uh, you know, they do, they do need more resources, like, you know, but what I'm saying is that there's their finest of men and women in the Guards. I've worked with them and, and really top class people and we'd love to see uh, a good job being done, like, you know. All right, Pat, we uh, leave it there. Um, Pat is a former detective inspector, author of the book, The Making of a Detective. And before going back to our guests in studio, I'll read you some of the texts. I had a pub in Talbot Street for four years. Uh, my customers were great, but my car, my wife's car, staff cars were broken into. I had 10 break-ins and I was 100 metres from Store Street, Garda Station. O'Connell Street, our main thoroughfare, and you will not see a Garda on patrol. That's from Liam. These attacks are horrendous, and I would be an advocate for an iron-fisted response against the perpetrators. However, we mustn't lose perspective. All large cities will have no-go areas where crime is disproportionately high. Shootings in Chicago are off the charts, for example. But by all means, the attackers should face a zero-tolerance consequence. That's from Niall. I suppose we're really talking about where these attacks, which is so scandalous, uh, within a stone's throw of our national theatre, a stone's throw from the iconic uh, GPO, uh, a stone's throw from the main uh, bus station. Uh, you know, th- this is what's going on. That's why people are are, are shocked. This is not some out of the way place. Um, cut the excuses from the do-gooders. Lock the little gurriers up. That will solve the thuggery problem, says Paul in Dundrum. When dealing with tourists, we constantly tell them to avoid Gardner Street, Summerhill, O'Connell Street. Last week, we saw people smoking crack outside the Jemison Distillery. That's from Justin, who's a Dublin chauffeur. Guards need to get new public order emergency powers against antisocial behaviour. 
behaviour. The police on the continent don't take this nonsense. This crime by youths is destroying Dublin's reputation. They've no respect for their elders like my generation does. These youths are the entitled generation. Uh, how many of the problems you cover can be traced back to poor parenting, violent, out-of-control youths or anxious eaters today? It's not all down to the state and police. Uh, I find the cocaine fueled uh, pub-going yobs more threatening than those zonked out on heroin. Well, I, I made that point that they're wretched people that you see who are injecting in heroin. They don't really present a danger and even their competence to to mug someone would be uh, questionable. That's from James in Dublin 7. The law needs to be changed. Where's the guard, the commissioner and on Taoiseach get the army out patrolling instead of sitting in the curra? And uh, someone on the, the subject of uh, what Kat was suggesting about the kind of services we need and uh, indeed what Kieran was saying, you know, that's a 20-year pro- project. Uh, something needs to be done now. So you need both approaches. So we intended to talk about uh, the, the Harbour Court uh, closure. And the idea of this was that a throughway would be locked off. So it would no longer be a throughway uh, behind the Abbey Theatre. Um and there are arguments pro and con. Where do you stand on that kind of eliminating the areas where people can congregate to do their business? And it could be simply urination or defecation or it could be drug dealing or even prostitution. Yeah, it, it's really a shame that this is how desperate we are, that we have to close off public spaces. Uh, I walk past laneways all the time that smell like a public toilet because we don't have appropriate toilet facilities that are 24-7 in this city. There are things that as a city we can put in that will take us a lot longer. And so I'm hoping it's a short term plan that we look at um, eliminating some of the public right of ways in this in these streets. Gary Gannon has been in the doll talking about a multi-agency approach to O'Connell Street and this whole area under the Taoiseach's office for years now. And we still haven't seen action on all of these issues. So the council and the councillors are being pushed to take but, I mean, desperate the, the actions. The question of closing down laneways where injecting can take place. Uh, I mean, there's one you can't close down here where we are in Marconi House I have come across people injecting uh, on the way into the car park here and that has to be kept open for all the businesses that uh, use that laneway but the idea of limiting the number of opportunities uh, for the the, the, uh, drug users to inject it'll just push them out maybe into the open It it will it's it's a really difficult subject because we shouldn't be closing uh, public facilities and public spaces. Now, the businesses were invited in Harbour Court if they could kind of turn their yeah. business laneway facing yeah. to that, bring hospitality into those areas, but they don't want to do it. In some other laneways, Dublin City Council are speaking to the business owners and they are interested in doing that. And that pilot will be run later this year or early next year. And we're hoping that that may show the businesses how successful it can be in dissipating the antisocial behaviour and also adding to their business. So that would be a small positive. But I think we revert back to the, the high visibility policing. We shouldn't have to close public spaces to deal with antisocial behaviour. We should be able, as a society, we should be able to tackle that through high visibility policing. And Detective Pat made some very good points in, in his point about intelligent-led policing. But the operative word there is resources. And any Garda you talk to privately to, of any rank will admit they don't have the resources. Yeah. Most Garda's publicly will admit they don't the higher ranks won't do that publicly but most of them 
will acknowledge yeah. that we do What's not the have. key mistake made during the pandemic that allowed uh, the yobs to take over the streets? You know, they, they were out and about and we had on-street drinking, which may have been a mistake. I know people craved socialising and they couldn't go into pubs. They were nominally closed, but they were serving drink onto the streets. But the idea there was making spaces safe for people. I'm high risk to COVID, so it was safer for me to have a drink outside. Those kind of initiatives are pro-social and we need to keep pro-social activities in as many places as we can because they do counteract anti-social. All right. I think, Pat, the difficulty there then is that the policing didn't kick back in during the COVID period when they should have and the marauding gangs were allowed to continue to maraud. All right, well, it's an ongoing problem and I don't know where the solution lies because the Minister has talked about uh, that pause in recruitment during COVID, which, of course, has left us with a deficit because Gardaí do retire and they have to be replaced. And in addition, we need more Gardaí, even more than those who are retiring. So it's a problem that won't see resources improve, I suspect. For but, but Pat, they have, they have to make the, the job attractive. If you look at uh, Cherry Orchard, like why would you join the Gardaí if you don't feel that your, your superiors are going to back you up when you're being abused by the, the, the marauding gangs? The small minority of people who dominate, tend to dominate communities like that. You can't, the, the Gardaí's uh, management have to show full support and proper terms of conditions for the right. guards themselves. Kieran Perry, Independent Councillor for Cabra Glasnevin and Cat O'Driscoll, uh, the Social Democrats Dublin City Councillor for Cabra Glasnevin. Thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.